We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 238 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Thursday, January 27, 2022. Are you all partied out from the anniversary celebration on Wednesday? A lot of tributes, a lot of commemorating was going on in honor of the 30th anniversary of the 1991 Redskins win over the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 26, I got a lot of nice feedback on our special tribute show, Wednesday show, episode 237. So thank you for that. I'm glad that you guys enjoyed that. If you haven't yet had the chance to listen to Wednesday show, definitely give it a listen. Someday soon, hopefully, uh, we'll be celebrating things that are happening in the present as opposed to things that happened 30 years ago uh, with the team currently known as the Washington football team, but such is life, at least for now. Hello and welcome to a Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. One week from now, we'll know the new name of the Washington football team. Next segment, I have some thoughts for you on things that were said on Wednesday by two legendary Washington football figures about the new name, Charles Mann and Joe Gibbs. Yes, plenty of big names from the past were out there on Wednesday in honor of the 30th anniversary of the Super Bowl 26 victory. Wait till you hear what C-Man had to say about the new name. And Coach Joe, in addition to talking about the new name, talked about Ron Rivera. So we'll get into all of that next segment. After that, a special guest, Washington football team insider Michael Phillips of Richmond.com. Michael on Wednesday broke some news regarding Washington Stadium situation. He reported on the possibility of the building of a casino in Northern Virginia as part of the development of the new stadium site. If you've been paying attention to the Washington football team stadium saga, you know that Virginia is coming up more and more as the likely state in which the new stadium will be built. Why is that? What exactly is going on with Virginia right now? Where would the stadium be in Virginia? How is this thing going to be paid for? Lots of questions. Uh, So we'll do a deep dive on the latest in Washington's stadium situation, which I know has been going on forever. Uh, But Michael Phillips of Richmond.com will be with us. Michael also will tell us what he thinks that Ron Rivera is thinking about how to try to get a franchise quarterback this offseason. Also on the show, I'll talk Capitals, another loss 
for the Caps on Wednesday night. A 4-1 loss to the San Jose Sharks at Capital One Arena, giving the Caps regulation losses in back-to-back games for the first time this season. Yeah, Caps are stumbling a bit right now. Ilya Samsonov on Wednesday night had a game that, like, perfectly captures Ilya Samsonov. I'll explain how. And I will discuss a crushing loss for Virginia Tech on Wednesday night. A 78-75 loss to Miami at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg on a last-second half-court bank in three. As the saying goes, when you're hot, you're hot. And when you're not, you're not. Uh, the Hokies are not hot. They're now 2-7 and seven in the ACC. They were right there on Wednesday night with the team having a really good season in Miami. But the Hokies lost on, again, a last-second half-court bank in three. Just brutal. Uh, before we move any further, how about what went down with the New York Giants on Wednesday? Now, look, this is the time of year in which NFL teams lie like crazy. That's true. But at the introductory press conference for new Giants general manager Joe Shane, it was made pretty clear that the Giants are sticking with Daniel Jones as their starting quarterback. Now, again, just because you say something in January doesn't mean that you are going to be held to that for the duration of the offseason to say nothing of the next actual season. But off the Philadelphia Eagles suggesting that Jalen Hurts is, in fact, their starting quarterback. Now we have the Giants suggesting that Daniel Jones is, in fact, their starting quarterback. If it's true that the Eagles are sticking with Hurts as their QB1 and the Giants are sticking with Jones as their QB1, that's excellent news for the Washington football team, if for no other reason than this. Two potential competitors in the quarterback market this offseason are not going to be competitors. Again, I'm not counting on anything with certainty, but we're just sort of monitoring this thing as it goes along. Very interesting what was said from the Giants on Wednesday regarding Daniel Jones. Maybe it's just talk, but then again, maybe not. Maybe the Giants are really trying to give this Daniel Jones thing a good faith shot. I mean, I don't think that he's been very good, although against Washington, uh, he has been quite good. You tell me what you think. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Eric Stork from Weedman on Wednesday's show, episode 237, our special 30th anniversary tribute to the 1991 Redskins. Uh, writes Eric, who's a massive Washington football team fan. He has been going to games since the 1980s. Uh, ah, the year 1991. I was fortunate to see every game at RFK. At the stadium today, it certainly hushes the spectators when my friend Tom and I boast that we were present for the seat cushion game. As fans, we were so used to winning, I do not think it registered how great that team really was. We just expected the success to continue forever. In fact, it took 15 years for the euphoria to wear off and another 15 years to realize that we have fallen to something far, far worse. Anyway, not an email in which to have sour grapes. It was truly a special time. Onward and upward. Well, thank you for the email, Eric. Yes, we did think that the success that the Redskins had in the glory days would last forever. There was no salary cap in the NFL at the time. Uh, there wasn't free agency in the NFL at the time like there is now. So back in the day, once you got good, it was much easier to stay good. It is not at all a coincidence to me that the decline for Washington started in 1993, which was the first year of the NFL salary cap and was the first year of modern free agency. 
in the NFL. Now look, uh, Joe Gibbs retiring in March 1993 had something to do with Washington's decline as well. But the dynamics in the NFL changed a lot starting in 1993. And Washington hasn't been the same since. That timing has always stood out to me that the end of the Redskins dynasty came in the very first year of the NFL salary cap and modern free agency in the NFL. Email from Michael Lee Hyatt Jr. of Southwest DC on the Washington football team's search for a franchise quarterback, writes Mike P. from Southwest D.C. Uh, At this point, Washington could bring in a veteran or a rookie. People will still expect the quarterback to fail. If a quarterback can't accept that fact and welcome that challenge, he doesn't belong here. Accepting that should help that quarterback to want to be the best player that he can be. I feel like Washington's last two first-round picks and the team's quarterback signing from last offseason didn't understand this fully. That's why fans rock with Taylor Heineke. I wish he had a better arm because I think he's that dude, but the numbers don't lie. I hate the word moxie. It sounds weird, and I feel weird using it to describe a football player, but having that will go a long way as a Washington quarterback. Well, moxie and an arm, I suppose. Thank you for the email, Mike. You know, I don't know that we can say what Ryan Fitzpatrick understood or didn't understand because we saw so little of Fitzpatrick this season. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick in the 2021 regular season played on a grand total of 16 of Washington's offensive snaps and then, of course, suffered the right hip subluxation in the loss to the Los Angeles Chargers at FedEx Field in week one. And that was it. Uh, We never saw Ryan Fitzpatrick again. I'm still not even sure if Ryan Fitzpatrick played this season. Did he play or was that all a dream? Uh, Anyway, I do think that you're right in saying that whoever Washington gets to be its potential or actual franchise quarterback needs to have an understanding of the situation. Now, there is a fine line here. If Washington, say, takes Kenny Pickett in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft, I do not want Kenny Pickett coming here being bombarded with constant talk about how bad things have been here and how he needs to be the savior and how Washington hasn't had a true franchise quarterback in decades. Kenny Pickett being inundated with that stuff wouldn't be healthy and would be counterproductive. And that goes for any quarterback, you know, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, whoever. It would be important for Pickett or whoever to have a general understanding of the way that things have been here. And then that's it, you know, get to work and be great. Because here's the counterintuitive nature of all of this. The less consumed you are by Washington's past, the more likely you are to overcome that past. Did you hear what Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow said after their win at the Tennessee Titans last Saturday in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs? Uh, That win was the Bengals' first road playoff win ever. That win was a second consecutive Bengals win this postseason off the team having not won a postseason game since January 1991. Q&A with Joe Burrow during his postgame press conference last Saturday night. Is this team Cinderella, Joe, or is that selling you short a little bit? No, I'm I'm tired of the underdog narrative. And we're a really, really good team. We're here to we're here to make noise. And you know, teams are gonna have to pay attention to us. We're like I said, a really good team with really good players and coaches and we're we're coming for it all. See, I love that from Joe Burrow last Saturday night. Burrow is wise beyond his years. When you as a quarterback go to a team that has bad history, 
You be aware of the history, but you in no way allow yourself to get caught up in that history. You in no way allow yourself to be a victim of that history. Your goal, without question, is to punch that history in the mouth. That's the mentality that whoever Washington gets as its potential or actual franchise quarterback needs to have. Joe Burrow is so impressive. I'm insanely jealous as a Washington fan every time I see Burrow. Well, speaking of impressive, do you own, run, or work at a business that you want to make even more impressive? Do you want to grow your business? Does your brand need to improve its overall customer experience? Do you want to impress clients with the story that your business tells digitally? If the answer to any of those questions is yes, then put Imageworks to work for you. Imageworks is a full-service boutique web design branding and marketing company, and Imageworks right now has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Imageworks is located in the DMV, but Imageworks serves the entire country by utilizing a virtual approach with the latest video meeting software to engage, communicate, and share award-winning designs. So if you own, run, or work at a business in, say, Pennsylvania or North Carolina or Florida or even California, Imageworks can work for you. So what's the special offer? Well, Imageworks doesn't want to sell you. Imageworks wants to show you what it can do. And that starts with a free review of your website and SEO visibility to establish a base of where you are and map a chart for where you want to be. Imageworks and you will plan with digital web and marketing goals that you can see live via Imageworks customers portal. The portal shows you how all goals are performing in Google Analytics and how all marketing programs and website visitors are behaving. Imageworks clients range from startups to small and mid-sized businesses. Imageworks specializes in technology and in business to consumer services, such as home services and medical services. So take advantage of the free offer. Go to imageworkscreative.com and click on contact near the upper right corner. That's image, one word, works, plural, creative.com, imageworkscreative.com. And make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast for that free offer, again, imageworkscreative.com, upper right corner, and mention the Al Galdi podcast. You can also call or text the owner of Imageworks, Scott. His number is 703-928-7309. That's 703-928-7309. Uh, Scott's a big fan of the Washington football team, big fan of the Nationals. He's a regular listener of this podcast. He loves brainstorming ideas and technology that can help you grow your business. Scott has been doing what he is doing since 1996. Imageworks, creative minds focused on one goal, your business success. All right, before we get to my conversation with Washington football team insider Michael Phillips of Richmond.com, I do want to talk about some things that were said on Wednesday by two all-time greats in Washington football history. So Wednesday, of course, was the 30th anniversary of the 1991 Redskins victory over the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 26, the 30th anniversary of the last Super Bowl title for the team currently known as the Washington football team, though not long to be known as the Washington football team, because this Wednesday, February 2nd, will be the day on which the team announces its new name. Now, we on Wednesday had all kinds of tributes to the 30th anniversary of the 1991 Redskins. I had the general manager of the 1991 Redskins, Charlie Casserly, on this podcast. So that's episode 237. Uh, Charlie was great. He told some terrific stories, gave us a lot of behind the scenes stuff. 
The sports junkies on 106.7 The Fan had former Washington Edge defender Charles Mann on the show. Charles led the Skins in the 1991 regular season with 11 and a half sacks. And take a listen to this from Charles on the new name that's coming for the Washington football team. I'm not happy with the name. Uh, you know, I know all the players keep saying they're all excited and 2-2-22 and all this. I, they gave us the three uh, names probably three months ago on a Zoom call, and they had us, you know, they asked us about all three of them. We crucified all three names, <laughs> all the guys. We all just, you know, nobody wants. Look, I'm, I'm in agreement that they needed to change the name. If somebody finds it's offensive, then it's offensive. And who are we to, dis, to say it's not? So I get all that. But just like the Wizards, I still hate the Wizards name, but it finally grew on me after a while. So can you, Charles, guys, can you tell us the three finalists that you were uh, that you voted on? Uh, <laughs> look, we got this far. I can't. I can't. Look, they will never tell me anything ever again, man. Come on. Right. <laughs> so how about that from Charles Mann on the new name? Quote: I'm not happy with the name. They gave us the three names probably three months ago. We crucified all three names. End quote. Uh, not exactly what you want out there if you're Jason Wright. Now, it could have been worse. Uh, Charles could have actually revealed the three finalists. He did not, but he did the new name no favors in saying, again, quote, I'm not happy with the name, end quote. Although I suppose that you could argue that Charles in saying this is setting the bar so low that if the name isn't like awful, we'll all be pleasantly surprised. Uh, Here are my guesses as to what the three finalists were. Commanders, Admirals, and Hogs, or Red Hogs. Uh, I prefer Hogs, by the way, if the name has to be Hogs or Red Hogs. I like Commanders the best out of those names. I do think that the new name will be Commanders, but who knows? I mean, this is a guessing game at this point. If you're on social media, there is so much out there right now in terms of people saying that they've heard what the new name will be or that they are aware of a secret shipment that some company got with gear for the new name or that their cousins, friends, uncles, brother-in-law said what the new name will be. Whatever. Like, there is so much fake news out there right now. My Twitter mentions have been invaded by all of this stuff. And I'm like, make it stop, please. But yeah, Charles Mann saying what he said on Wednesday, uh, not exactly a ringing endorsement of the new name. Whatever the new name is, it's going to take time to get used to the new name. There is no perfect new name. Every potential new name is flawed. You know why? Because every potential new name isn't Redskins. The keys to this Wednesday, the keys to 2.2.22 are three things. Number one, The new name needs to be something that isn't ridiculous, okay? So the new name can't be Belters or Beacons or Wayfarers or anything like that, okay? And the new name will not be any of those things. Uh, Number two, the rollout needs to go smoothly, i.e. no screw-ups, no saying Happy Thanksgiving when you mean to say something else, uh, no staging any photo ops in front of porta-potties, Uh, No spelling London Fletcher's name as London Fletcher. You get the idea because all of those things have actually happened. Uh, And number three, the new logo slash logos and the new gear need to look good, need to be fresh, need to be fire. If Washington this Wednesday 
comes out with a bunch of merch that looks awesome, and you have people in their teens, 20s, and 30s going crazy over the merch, that's a huge win for the team. And that'll go a long way toward gaining acceptance for the new name among the portion of the fan base that honestly the team cares the most about right now, the younger portion of the fan base. It's going to take years to determine the success or failure of the new name. And as I think most people understand, the ultimate determinant of success for the new name will be whether the team is good. Because if the team continues to go as it has gone for the last 29 seasons, then no name will be good. And if the team becomes good again and starts piling up playoff appearances and playoff victories again, then just about any name will do. Also on Wednesday, the head coach of the 1991 Redskins, the greatest head coach in Washington, D.C. sports history, Joe Gibbs. Uh, He was on B. Mitch and Finley on 106.7 The Fan. Here was Joe Gibbs on if the announcement of the new name this Wednesday will be bittersweet for Coach Joe or if he is, in fact, ready for a new chapter for the team. I think it's it's two things. Will it be a little bit? Yes. Bittersweet, yeah, because... Everything I had, I grew up in North Carolina. The only football team we could get on TV was the Redskins. I grew up kind of never thinking I'd ever have a chance uh, to coach them. And everything in my house is Redskins. And I think everybody there that's a fan, that's part of our history. But also, also, I think for our fans and all of us that love the Redskins, uh, I feel like I'm the biggest Redskins fan in the world. And we're going to, whatever that name is, we are, we are, we are Washington football fans and we're going to get behind it. And I think right now with Ron being there, I really feel like Ron's the coach that can get us going. We just need to get the things around him that helps him. And they think about all the things they went through the last two years. The fact that, you know, he, he went through the physical things that he had to go through. And then we get quarterbacks hurt, all the things that happen to um, to our team. So anyway, we're going to rally, all of us, whatever the name is, we're going to rally behind that name. We are Washington football fans. I think it's the greatest sports franchise in the world. I believe that. And I think it's got a solid base of fans that love that team. It's the only thing that unites that city. It's the greatest city in the world to be a part of it. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love the fact that, you know, you go in 7-Eleven in the morning, they're yelling, hey, coach, you know what I mean? Way to go. It's that camaraderie and the feeling of the town. And I don't care what the weather was. (laughs) That place was going to be packed when we were there. We just need to get back and and get going. I think we all feel that way. And uh, so I think we got to – the organization right now, I'm excited about what's being done. We just need to get the we need to get the players and the pieces around the team right now. And I think we'll I know we're all gonna live and die with it. We're all gonna <laughs> be pulling our guts out. So <laughs> The words of the great Joe Gibbs on Wednesday on a new name coming for the Washington football team this Wednesday. Uh it is always so calming and so soothing, is it not? to hear Coach Joe's voice. Uh, Joe Gibbs now is 81 years old. He sounds great. Uh, I thought that he and that cut put things well regarding the new name. 
And no surprise what Joe said about Ron Rivera. Uh, We know that Joe likes Ron, likes Ron a lot. Joe was instrumental in Dan Snyder hiring Ron Rivera. Washington hired Ron as head coach on January 1st, 2020. ESPN Washington football team insider John Keim, in a piece that came out on January 2nd, 2020, reported that, quote, one source involved in the hiring said former Redskins coach Joe Gibbs told Snyder, go get Rivera. Snyder contacted Rivera's agent, Frank Bauer, within a day or two after the firing. They spoke on three consecutive days. Rivera, who received a five-year deal, met with Gibbs, who one source said had a tremendous influence on the process. End quote. Joe Gibbs likes Ron Rivera a lot. Uh, Time will tell if Joe was right about Ron. 2022, big year for the Ron Rivera era with Washington, starting with this offseason. Up next, a special guest, Washington football team insider Michael Phillips of Richmond.com. He'll give us the latest in Washington Stadium situation. Is Virginia now, in fact, the clear front runner? And Michael will tell us what he thinks that Ron Rivera is thinking about how to try to get a franchise quarterback this offseason. We'll get to all of that and much more after this. All right, guys, I want to tell you about something special, a great, easy, and affordable way to have your meals HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. This is why HomeFresh is America's number one meal kit and HelloFresh is offering something very special to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. More on that shortly. But if you want to eat healthy or at least eat healthier, uh, you want to eat food that tastes great and you don't have the time to be making trips to buy food and coming up with complicated recipes, try HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week so you get convenience without skimping on quality. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, calorie smart, family friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. HelloFresh offers flexibility with which you can customize your order. I customized my order by going with a HelloFresh box that was heavy on meat. I wanted that protein, brother. Uh, Yes, you can indulge with HelloFresh as well. You can satisfy your sweet tooth with desserts like Dunkaroo's Cookie Dough and Vanilla Delight Cheesecake. And HelloFresh will save you money. A HelloFresh meal on average is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. And you can save on average over $65 a month by ordering HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. So here's what you do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16 and use the code Galdi16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Yes, free food, free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16 and use the code Galdi16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, we now welcome on a special guest to the Al Galdi podcast, Washington football team insider Michael Phillips of Richmond.com. You can follow Michael on Twitter at Michael P. R. T. D. And Michael joins us to talk about the team, uh, but also its stadium situation, which is perhaps finally picking up some steam. We'll see. But Michael, how you doing, man? Al, great to be here. And, uh, uh, you know, just just digging our way through the winter here in Richmond. It's been a cold one, but uh, uh, had, had some fun football games to watch, at least. We did, absolutely. Now, I know that you were nice and warm last week. You were at Disney World. I'm just curious, did you tell people that you know Dan Snyder so that you could move up in the lines, or did you not play the Dan card? I, I think they move you back in the line <laughs> if, you tell, if you tell them that. Yeah, no, 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 none of that. You know, I just... You know, got gotta gotta strategically drop the right names. Uh, you know, can't be dropping the wrong names. I got Mickey, you. Mickey was not impressed. Oh, okay, I got <laughs> you. Well, Mickey's a tough uh, tough audience, no question. Well, before we get to uh, the stadium stuff and some of the football stuff, we are now inside of a week of Washington announcing its new name on February second. Whatever the new name ends up being, do you think that Washington will nail the rollout? of the new name, like at the end of the day that the team is promoting as 2.2.22, uh, do you think that all will have gone well, or do you think that we'll be going crazy over some Sean Taylor number 21 retirement-like debacle? Well, I, I think I think that's all out of the way. I, I think people are really fatigued on it. I, I don't know. I You know, they announced it so far in advance. We, we've been two years now, essentially, you know, at least a year and a half. Um, since kind of the official announcement of, of becoming the football team, I, I think people are ready to to jump in and move on. I 
I think people will be underwhelmed by the name because I, I think that's human nature. Uh, you know, people, a lot of people still want it to be Redskins. I mean, let's just call that what it is. So whatever it is, isn't going to satisfy them. And, and, you know, I, I think there's, you know, things don't click right away. You don't, there's very few that you hear and he's, oh yeah. I mean, I think about even Cleveland with the Guardians, which I think was a very well done rollout, was generally praised. I, I don't know anybody that's saying like, wow, Guardians, man, like, they nailed that one. That was the the name at the right moment. Uh, Golden Knights in Vegas. You know, it, that stuff takes time to, to develop and grow and, and, and get on. You know, I, I, I will say, though, I, I think they did the right thing by moving the rollout back to D.C., doing it at FedEx Field, um, keeping it a little bit more local. Um, but I, I think people will be relieved it's over. Um, uh, and maybe a little bit underwhelmed by the name. I don't think anybody's going to be mad, though. I, I think they've been working on this too long to not have it fully buttoned up. Yeah, well, I hope you're right, and let's see what happens. So there has been a lot of stuff out there lately regarding momentum for Virginia to be the state in which Washington's next stadium is built. We had the Virginia General Assembly last week filing two bills to the House and Senate that would establish a Virginia football stadium authority, quote, charged with financing the construction of a football stadium and related facilities, end quote. How real to you is this momentum for Virginia? Very, very real because I I think they've got a lot to offer and I think they sense momentum right now and they're seizing on it. You always talk about when articles come out, you know, where's it coming from? Which side's pushing their agenda? I think back to even in December, there was a Washington Post article about Virginia and the stadium and all that. And I got the sense a lot of it was coming from the Virginia government side, not from the team itself. I think the Virginia government feels it's in a really strong position right now. I think, you know, RFK is off the board for a lot of reasons that really aren't anybody's fault, um, you know, ultimately. Um, I, I think Maryland is a less appealing option, just given, you know, the, the, the two choices that are available in Maryland, which is build on FedEx or take it to National Harbor. Uh, both have big flaws. And so I, I think Virginia really sees this as a moment where you know, they're going to try to grab this thing and run it across the finish line here in the coming months. In terms of the location in Virginia, we have heard Loudoun County, we have heard Prince William County, we also hear that those counties are too far from the Beltway and thus would drive away fans who live in Maryland. Where in Virginia would make the most sense for a new Washington stadium? Sure. Well, obviously inside the Beltway makes the most sense. It caters to the most fans. It provides the most Washington-centric, you know, approach and and vibe of everything. And yet this is a stadium that's going to host a Super Bowl that, you know, hopefully down the line will host title games and Final Fours and WrestleManias, things of that nature. And, you know, it's just a better experience for people if they're experiencing that inside the Beltway in the, in the heart of D.C. And, and, you know, everything the city has to offer. Um, but here, here's the counterpoint on that. Virginia is going to pump a lot of money into this. And, you know, I, I don't think $1 billion is out of play for Virginia's contribution to this stadium. Not necessarily, you know, a direct check to Dan Snyder, but I think they're going to sink a billion dollars into this when it's all said and done, considering everything they've got to do. You know, we build that transportation, you know, given the team tax breaks, subsidies, grants, all that. And they, they want return on that investment. So you think about kind of the, the big stadium projects that have happened recently. Um, you know, Verizon Center was in a neighborhood that D.C. wanted to revive. They kicked in a lot of money, 
but they got a lot in return. That's now a thriving neighborhood generating a lot of tax revenue. Nationals Park, same thing. All those condos sprouting up there. Those are people paying taxes to the city. And so if you do this thing inside the Beltway, you're not enhancing anything. I mean, those are great places to live and work already. If you're talking about Arlington, Alexandria, places like that. They, they don't need a billion dollars in government money infused into them. Uh, you know, I, I think from Virginia's perspective, they want to encourage the team to be ex-urban in, in Loudoun. I, I think Loudoun is the top choice, you know, in, in Prince William if they need to be in Prince William. But to really build up and develop new land and new spots and new tax bases for Virginia. Is there any other place in Virginia that's doable or is it really, hey, Loudoun County and if not there, Prince William County? Well, I think inside the Beltway is doable. I know that sounds crazy, but I think it would take a lot of Dan Snyder's money to get it done. So if you're talking about you know hitting up the state for the land and the money and the billion dollars, the state's going to say, great, park this thing in Loudoun, park this thing by Dulles. Here's the land. We'll take care of you because we, we want that. We, Virginia wants to move the perceived you know center of activity, the hub of activity further into Virginia. That, that's good for Virginia. Now, Dan Snyder doesn't have to do that. It's his money. It's his ball. It's his stadium. He wants to buy some land inside the Beltway. He can do that. He can develop the thing. And I I think the Virginia's government would be supportive of him doing that. But there's a difference between supportive and allowing that and, you know, pumping in a billion dollars and and helping him out. So that that's the Dan Snyder decision is, you know, how how deep into Virginia's pockets does he want to go? Because every dollar he takes from them is going to come with that string of here's where we want you. We're talking with Washington football team insider Michael Phillips of Richmond.com. So you mentioned paying for the stadium. We know that paying for a new Washington stadium is going to be a huge issue no matter where the stadium is. Using taxpayer money to build stadiums for pro sports teams worth billions of dollars is difficult enough as it is. Using taxpayer money to build a stadium for a team owned by Dan Snyder is a losing platform for any politician. We know that Dan doesn't want to pay for the stadium on his own. We also know that there are creative ways in which jurisdictions can finance the constructions of stadiums. How do you see a potential Washington stadium in Virginia being paid for? Yeah, so the bills that were introduced on Friday allow the state to sell bonds, you know, which get repaid against the tax revenues from the stadium, which is a popular way to do it. They can come out and say, we didn't use any taxpayer money. It just was the money that was generated by the thing. Now, there's a lot of economists who will line up and tell you that's a lot of baloney, of course, but it's a nice talking point for people to use, you know, the no taxpayer money. The big word that I'm hearing here is casino. Um, and, and this is a very interesting wrinkle here that there are no casinos in Northern Virginia. Um, National Harbor, of course, is on the Maryland side. DC's got its sports books. Charlestown is in West Virginia. Uh, but Virginia has legalized five casino sites inside the state over the past couple of years. They've intentionally not done Northern Virginia. That hasn't been one of the sites. If they were to give Dan Snyder a casino license on the site of the stadium, uh, I think that essentially that. That would be their contribution. The contribution would make itself. And you could say Dan Snyder's going to build this thing. He'll take out the loans. He'll pay for it. And, and his return will be getting to own this thing that is almost surely going to be a giant moneymaker. Yeah, the sports betting tie-in makes a ton of sense. Do you know if Washington will have a new team facility at the site of the new stadium? Or if the new stadium is in Virginia, might Washington actually keep its current team facility in Ashburn? 
No, the plan right now is wherever the stadium gets built, it will house the entire facility. It will host training camp every year. It won't be a road show. It will host practices during the week. It will be a full 100% encompassing thing. So they won't be at the former Redskins Park once this thing opens. They won't be in Richmond for training camp as soon as this thing opens, except for, you know, special events or things like that. Um, you know, the goal with this is they're going to have restaurants, they're going to have retail, they're going to have hotels. So, you know, any day they can have football players in that building, that is good for business. That's good for getting people out there and they're going to want to really juice up that spot and that activity. So they're going to want as much as possible to take place in in that facility. So if you were to rank Virginia, Maryland, Washington, D.C. right now in terms of the likelihood of where Washington's next stadium is, is that in fact the order Virginia 1, Maryland 2, D.C. 3? Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think the caveat we throw out is everybody wants RFK. You know, everybody's like, why why isn't RFK? Everybody wants RFK. Dan wants RFK. We want RFK. Uh, D.C. City Council wants RFK. It's not going to happen. The federal government has it tied up in red tape. It's just extremely unlikely at this point. And I know you referenced these earlier, but the biggest obstacles to Washington's next stadium being in Maryland are what? You're looking at two sites here. One site is, of course, just do it at FedEx Field. It's it's a big piece of land. Uh, you know, there's a lot you can do with it. You can build everything you want to do. The team already owns it. There's very few hurdles there. Um, the obstacle is it's in Landover, Maryland. Uh, the city has grown west. You know, a few years ago, sixty percent of this team's season ticket base lived in Northern Virginia. And if you live in Reston, if you live in Sterling, if you live in McLean. You don't like driving to Landover, Maryland to do stuff. That's just, you know, it's just, that's why a lot of people don't go to the game, especially if you look at the Monday night games where people say, I got to sit on the beltway in rush hour traffic to get to a football game. It's, it's a tough site. It's a tough site to get people into. Now, that's not to say it won't happen, um, but, it, but it's, it's a tough site for people who live in Northern Virginia. The other one that makes a lot more sense geographically is National Harbor. And so the land across the beltway from National Harbor, the Oxon Hill site, is on the board and, and is available. Now, your obstacle there is the team wants all this development, hotels, casinos, all those things. Well, it already all exists there at National Harbor. So you're, you know, you're cutting into the team's revenue now. If Dan's looking at this as being a thing that's going to say, I want to make money 365 days a year. Well, MGM's not going to let him build a casino across the street from a casino. And, you know, that that giant Marriott Hotel is not owned by Dan. Um, so, you know, that would really cut into the amount of money he could make uh, by, by building out his thing there. Makes sense. Final one for you on the stadium situation. So traffic obviously is a concern for everyone. Transportation obviously is a concern for everyone. How is Virginia positioned right now when it comes to traffic and transportation? That's why I think the Ashburn site, the Dulles Airport site, is the most likely because you can put a metro train there in the middle of it, which I think everybody agrees is a really good thing to do. Um, you could probably run express trains from the city on game days, you know, do things like that. It's one thing that's working for National Harbor, we should know. When they built the new Wilson Bridge, what was that, decade, 15 years ago, they put a metro tunnel inside it with an eye towards eventually taking the blue line from Alexandria across the river, across the bridge to National Harbor. Um, so I, I think that wherever this thing is, there's probably going to be a metro that drops off there. That's why I think Prince William's off the board, though. Not only is it really far away, 
you're not going to be able to get a train out there either. Yeah. I think I think that's just asking for a big mess. All right. As for actual football, we know that this Washington offseason, from a football standpoint, is all about finding a franchise quarterback. Easier said than done, clearly. Uh, what do you think that Ron Rivera's quarterback plan will be? And he may well be in the process of formulating that plan right now. And the plan is going to need to have contingencies. But what do you think that Ron truly is thinking about how to attack quarterback? His plan is to get one of the big four. So when I say big four, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Derek Carr in Oakland, and Deshaun Watson obviously coming up, you know, getting traded from the Texans. I, I think those are the four guys who you, you put them on the board and say, these are guys who anybody would want. They're splash plays. You, you get them, you're an instant contender. Uh, everybody feels really good about it. Carr is obviously, you know, number four of that four, but I, I think he's, yeah, I think he's enough. I think he's enough of a splash to say, that's a guy we're worth chasing, worth going after. So I, I think he wants one of those four. Now, you know who else wants one of those four, Al? Everybody. Yeah. Everybody wants one of those guys. It's, they're great quarterbacks, and, and that's a rare commodity to find. So I don't think it's a given by any stretch that he's going to get one. The decision is, if you don't get one, what are you going to do? Are you going to try to patch this thing together with a Trubisky level, You know, see who you can get, or are you going to go rookie? And I, I think Ron is smart enough to know from an excitement perspective, from a marketing perspective, you're better off taking the rookie than you are taking a, a duct tape option, especially in this year three here, first, you know, first year of the new name, all that stuff. I think I think the fan base would be far happier with here's a rookie, get excited, we're gonna build around him, as opposed to we found another Ryan Fitzpatrick, let's duct tape this thing together and try to fly it one more time. Yeah, no doubt. Especially off what we've all seen in the NFL playoffs this season. People absolutely want Washington aiming high at the quarterback position. You can follow Michael Phillips on Twitter at Michael P. RTD. You can check out his work at Richmond.com. Michael, thanks so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, good stuff. Thank you. Well, if the Capitals weren't in a rut before, uh, they are now. Uh, the Caps lost to the San Jose Sharks 4-1 at Capital One Arena on Wednesday night. So the Caps now have suffered a regulation loss in six of their last 10 games. Uh, that's not good. And how about this? Wednesday night's loss gives the Caps regulation losses in back-to-back -back games for the first time this season. Yeah. The Caps, remarkably, had not suffered regulation losses in back-to-back -back games all season. Uh, that's now over. So the Caps now are 23-12-9. Uh, they remain at 55 points on the season. And the Caps are fourth in a metropolitan division. That's brutal. Uh, the New York Rangers are first in the division at 60 points. The Pittsburgh Penguins, who've won six consecutive games, are second in the Metro at 59 points. And the Carolina Hurricanes are third in the Metro at 58 points, and the Caps have played more games this season than each of the other three teams have played, and yet the Caps have the fewest points among the four teams. So the Caps are fourth in the Metro, but the Caps have played more games than the three teams in front of the Caps in the Metro, the Rangers, the Penguins, and the Hurricanes. Look, I do think that the Caps will make the Stanley Cup playoffs, but things are not going all that well for the Caps 
right now. Now, as I've been noting on this podcast throughout the Cavs season, the Cavs are missing key guys. Uh, defenseman Nick Jensen on Wednesday night did not play for a third consecutive game due to an upper body injury that he suffered in the Cavs 4-3 loss at the Boston Bruins last Thursday night. For TJ Oshie, who has very much had an injury-marred season, uh, he remains out. He, on Wednesday night, did not play for a sixth consecutive game due to an upper body injury that he suffered in the 2-0 win at the New York Islanders on January 15th. And Ford Anthony Mantha remains out indefinitely due to shoulder surgery that he underwent on November 5th. But still, other teams are missing key guys. Uh, The Caps have gotten back a bunch of key guys, and things just aren't clicking right now. Now, some of this is just hockey, okay? Like, so much of hockey is luck. You're dependent on the bounces of a rubber puck on ice. You know, that's why you hear about puck luck all the time. But there is a process to hockey, and some of the process stuff with the Caps isn't great right now. Consider the following with this 4-1 loss to the Sharks on Wednesday night. The puck possession battle for the game was about even, but the Caps in the game per natural stat trick had eight five-on-five high danger shot attempts to the Sharks 16. The Caps got doubled up in terms of five on five high danger shot attempts on Wednesday night. Not good. Uh, The Caps only lost the first period 1-0, but the Caps in that first period per natural stat trick had just three five on five high danger shot attempts to the Sharks 8, and the Caps in the first period had eight shots on goal to the Sharks 14. That's bad process. It's not good. Uh, this was Caps head coach Peter Laviolette during his postgame press conference on Wednesday night. I don't like the first half of the first period. I don't. We're undone. We're outdone in too many areas, and that's that's not good. That's we we can't accept that. And um, I thought the, the last eight minutes we got going a little bit. Um, you know, for me the game was just okay. I think we're I think we're better than that. The, yeah, uh, we. Uh, be nice if some of those dropped. They're not right now. Um, but just the, for me, the, the start didn't start the way we wanted. And then, you know, you're chasing the game again, and it gets more difficult when you're chasing the game. Yeah, that's a phrase that Peter Laviolette likes to use, chasing the game. But the phrase makes sense. Uh, here was some more from Laviolette on Wednesday night. Well, every game is different. Again, it's it's hard to it's hard it's hard to paint the paint the brush with one stroke and say this is this is what's wrong. And so um, tonight, there's definitely things that we can do better. We address those things and we'll move forward. And definitely count on the leadership in the room to you know get the ship moving in the right direction. So um, you know, tomorrow we'll we'll get back to work. Yeah, the Caps' power play remains a real issue. Uh, The Caps' power play is in a bad way. And again, some of this is luck, but the Caps on Wednesday night, 0 of 3 on the power play. The Caps are 30th out of 32 NHL teams in power play efficiency this season at 13.9%. And then there's perhaps the Caps' biggest weakness, goaltending. The NHL trade deadline is still a ways away. Uh, the NHL trade deadline isn't until March 21st at 3 p.m. Eastern, but that doesn't mean that you can't make a trade before the NHL trade deadline. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Caps trade for a goaltender. The advanced stats are not kind to the Caps goaltending this season. Uh, Ilya Samsonov was a Caps starting goaltender on Wednesday night. He was a Caps starting goaltender for the first time in five games in Ilya had a game that pretty much epitomizes where old Ilya is at. Uh, Ilya Samsonov, if you're a Caps fan, you know this, very talented. He at times looks great, and then he at times looks not so great. So Ilya Samsonov on Wednesday night stopped 26 of the 29 
shots on goal that he faced. He, per natural stat trick, stopped 12 of the 13 high danger shots on goal that he faced. That's terrific. But Ilya Samsonov on Wednesday night also stopped just seven of the eight medium danger shots on goal that he faced. And he stopped just seven of the eight low danger shots on goal that he faced. And the game ceiling goal that Ilya Samsonov allowed was a bad one. The Caps were trailing 2-1 with a little more than three minutes left in the third period when Ilya allowed a wrister from Jonathan Dahlin from the right circle on a one-on-one to squeak through Ilya's blocker side for a 3-1 Sharks lead. Now, Ilya Samsonov was crashed into by Alex Ovechkin not long before that game ceiling goal. So perhaps Ilya Samsonov wasn't 100% when he gave up that goal, but if he was 100%, uh, that was not a great goal to give up. Like I said, though, Ilya Samsonov did make some big saves on Wednesday night. So it was like you saw the best of him and you saw the worst of him. Here was Peter Laviolette during his postgame press conference on Wednesday night on Ilya Samsonov. Um, I thought he was good. Um, he made some big saves in there. There was a, you know, there was a point where it was two-one, and you know, he made a breakaway save and kept the game alive. Um, so he did some good things in there. Yeah, but here's the bottom line: Ilya Samsonov overall this season just has not been that good. And I mentioned the advanced stats not being kind to Capitals goaltenders so far this season. I mean, let's just look at some basic stuff with Ilya Samsonov. He has a goals against average of just two seventy-nine. He has a save percentage of just 903. I mean, those are not good numbers. Next up for the Caps at the Dallas Stars, Friday night at 9. Well, a brutal loss for Virginia Tech on Wednesday night. The Hokies fell to 10 and 10 overall and 2 and 7 in the ACC with a 78-75 loss to Miami at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, and the Hokies lost on a last-second half-court three. Uh, The Hokies overcame a 10-point first-half deficit. The game was closed for the entire second half, and then the Hokies, with the game tied at 75, lost on a Charlie Moore half-court bank-in three as time expired in the second half. The Hokies had a chance to pull off what would have been a huge win for them. Uh, Miami is a good team this season. The Hurricanes entered the game 6-2 and two in the ACC, but the Hokies end up falling short and again fall short on a half-court bank in three as time expires. This has been a rough season for Tech. Again, it's now just 2-7 and seven in the ACC. Now, as bad as it is to lose on a half-court bank in three, you got to be honest about this game if you're a Virginia Tech fan. There was stuff prior to the half-court bank in three as time expired that did Virginia Tech no favors. Uh, Tech's defense on Wednesday night was not good. Tech allowed Miami to go 11 of 18 on threes. Tech allowed Miami to go 18 of 35 on twos. Tech got outscored in the paint 30-20. Tech got outscored in fast break points 16-3. So yeah, uh, it wasn't just about the half-court bank in three by Charlie Moore as time expired. Uh, now, the Hokies' offense was pretty good on Wednesday night. Hokies went 13-26 on threes and 12-24 on twos. Uh, the Hokies did have a major turnover problem in the first half. Hokies committed 12 turnovers in the first half, but the Hokies committed just two turnovers in the second half. 
And the Hokies had a bunch of guys who did good things offensively on Wednesday night. Kevin Aluma, one of two on threes, four of six on twos. He finished with 14 points, three rebounds, three assists versus one turnover and three blocks in 33 minutes as a starter. Hunter Couture, four of eight on threes, 0 of one on twos. He scored 13 points in 36 minutes as a starter. Naheem Aline, three of five on threes, did go just one of four on twos. He scored 13 points in 29 minutes as a starter. And Justin Mutz flirted it with a triple-double on Wednesday night. Mutz, one of one on threes, three of six on twos. He finished with nine points, 10 rebounds, including five offensive boards, and eight assists versus four turnovers in 29 minutes as a starter. You know, it's not like Virginia Tech is terrible, but the overall record is, I mean, 2-7 and seven in the ACC is not good. And Tech now is just 10-10 and 10 overall. You know, it's too early to say, well, Tech has no shot at making the NCAA tournament. There's a lot of basketball left to be played in this regular season. But uh, Tech has dug itself quite a hole with this 2-7 and seven start in the ACC. Next up for Virginia Tech at Florida State, Saturday afternoon at 3. All right, that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 239, will feature a special guest to talk Washington football team, pro football focus, lead fantasy football analyst, Ian Harditz. Uh Ian's a really smart guy. It's very good about talking like trends in the NFL and where the league is at. And he wrote a really good piece this week on a potential quarterback target for Washington this offseason, Jimmy Garoppolo. So as we get set for Jimmy G's San Francisco 49ers to visit the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game this Sunday evening, we'll talk Jimmy G as a potential fit for Washington, including how Garoppolo actually is kind of, sort of like Taylor Heineke, uh, though not in a great way. Uh, We'll also discuss what Washington should be thinking at quarterback this offseason, and we'll get into a bunch of other stuff, including this, why Curtis Samuel may be the closest thing on another team in the NFL to the 49ers' uber all-purpose offensive weapon, Debo Samuel. Hey, don't laugh. They have the same last name, after all. But I am looking forward to talking Washington football team with Pro Football Focus's Ian Hornets on Friday's show. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. I'm not happy with the name. Uh, you know, I know all the players keep saying they're all excited and 2-2-22 and all this. I, they gave us the three uh, names probably three months ago on a Zoom call, and they had us, you know, they asked us about all three of them. We crucified all three names. <laughs> the headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.